Hello, everybody. Welcome to Limited Run. This week, we'll be starting our Reluctant Action Hero series. Our Limited Run starts with Desperado. I can't believe I had to listen to this song for two hours. <laughs> Damn it. I Dude, I was sitting there the whole way home, and I'm like... I'm like, I gotta make a joke about having just listened to Desperado over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and you beat me to it right out of the gate. I was actually off the cuff too. I didn't even plan on that. And I was like, yeah, actually, you know what would be a funny thing to say? So uh, Desperado is a 1995 film uh, written and directed by Robert Rodriguez. It is the second part of Rodriguez's three-part Mexico trilogy. Uh, the first part didn't involve Antonio Banderas, which is why no one's like, oh man, gotta watch El Mariachi. Um, <laughs> this one, of course, did star Antonio Banderas, uh, Salma Hayek, Steve Buscemi, and Cheech Marin. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, this movie, this movie just, it, this movie kills this is a hell of a movie uh, about a, a lone guitar player searching for revenge over his murdered wife against an evil Mexican cartel. It's just, as we go through the plot, I'm just sitting here. I was like, who greenlit this? <laughs> uh, it's a Robert Rodriguez movie, so it had a $7 million budget. That's that's you know it's it's been talked about a lot if you pay attention to like movie making circles. Uh, Robert Rodriguez' way that he gets shit done is he'll show up and he'll be like, "I got a great idea. I'm gonna make a badass action movie, and it'll cost whatever you can get from recycling cans." And then they're just like, "Okay," <laughs> and they're all excited. But they're it, like, "Oh yes, let's do this." Yeah, he's he's done it over and over again. Like if you look yeah. at his movies, that's that is his mo. Is he makes movies uh, very inexpensively, so inexpensive that I mean I'm not gonna say every single one, but almost every movie he makes turns a profit. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the man that directed uh, from dusk till dawn, which was made on a 19 million dollar budget. Yep. Uh, he directed The Faculty uh, that was made on a $15 million budget. That's fucking nuts. Uh, and then, of course, you know, he's the guy that wrote and directed uh, Spy Kids. Uh, first F- Spy Kids movie, which was a pretty CG-heavy movie, was $35 million. <laughs> made $147 million at the box office. You know, even when he came back and did Once Upon a Time in Mexico, a.k.a. Desperado 2, <laughs> a $29 million budget. That's preposterous, man. Made $100 million at the box office. I mean, th- this the dude got back Antonio Banderas, Salma Hayek. He brought in Johnny Depp, Mickey Rourke, Eva Mendez, and Enrique Iglesias. And oh. he, just, he just keeps doing it. I just got my movies confused. I just confused it with the Mexican. I was like, oh, wait a second, you forgot Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. <laughs> no. Brad Pitt was not in this. 
you know, even <clears throat> if you scroll a little further down, I mean, the man did Machete for $10 million. This episode is what we call foreshadowing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, I've watched this movie a bunch of times. I can't tell you the first time I watched this movie, but I have watched this movie a bunch of times. Uh, this was on TV quite a bit in the late 90s. Um, and it was on regular TV quite a bit. Uh, hence how, as I sat down to watch this, I completely forgot there was a gratuitous sex scene in the middle of it. <laughs> Greg. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was pretty tame, man. Come on. What are your thoughts on Desperado, good sir? Well, uh, I'm obviously not as fond as you are of the movie. <laughs> I, I think it's the second time I've seen it. it was not memorable to me at all. You didn't have fun with this? No, not at all. Like it just, I just, it's not my type of movie. Well, then why, when I was like, hey. Let's do Desperado, weren't you like, I don't really like that movie. I'm not going to sit there and not give it another chance. It's been years. <coughs> okay. But it was just one of, it's just, I don't really, it didn't seem like, it was like, hey, what's going to happen? Hey, look, it happened. Grants? I mean, you've seen it before. I didn't think it would keep you guessing. Dude, I'm, I'm telling you, when I saw it last, it was probably... 15 years ago there's no way I still I mean I still it's not exactly a movie designed to keep you guessing it's an action movie from the mid 90s yeah I'd rather watch Hackers <laughs> same time frame okay oh wow we've uh we're, we're really off to a, a just a raucous start here I mean, I mean you asked me what I thought about it so why lie no, but if you don't like something, just tell me. I, I'm trying to have something where we can, things that we can watch where we all enjoy them, because this is not a fun podcast right now. But don't oh, worry, because my turn is still to come. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only Greg. a third of it, man. You guys can pull it back. It can still be a good movie to some people. It's just not my bag. <laughs> all right, Johnny, buddy. What do you got to say, buddy? Oh, man. So, to start this out, I will apologize. When I initially started watching this, it was also nap time. So, I had captions on. Boy, was that fun. Um, right out of the, the gate, part I of mean... The movie is the, is the, is the talking. I, I, I eventually got there. Uh, it just took me a little bit. Once Parker woke up and she needed to eat, then we were... Uh, yes, I did watch this with my daughter. Come to your own conclusions on that. I believe that's responsible parenting. Um, you know, uh, falling under the colors. category of uh, so. Okay, I'm gonna tell a story here real quick. Sorry for interrupting, <laughs> but it's a funny story, and I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, so I went to Catholic school. I don't think that's a big secret. Um, our junior year of high school, it's one of the classes I was in. You have the option to go to um, Chicago on a trip, and I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to Chicago. And I have this thing where when I think about a movie, if I really enjoy it, I will ignore all of the glaring flaws and issues and inappropriate things that are in it. Ghost Rider. 
No, there's not inappropriate things in Ghost Rider. It's just it, terrible. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so at one point, you know, Julie came down while I was watching this, and I paused it, and I was like, you know, and this is like within the first like three minutes. In my head, I was like, you know, I should invite her to come down and watch this with me. It's a great movie. I bet she'd enjoy it. And then I thought better of it. I was like, you know what? This is also a mid-90s action movie. Maybe that's a bad idea. But in my head, I scanned through the entire movie using the microfiche of my brain. And I was just like, there's nothing inappropriate in here. (laughs) Now, to come back to my story I was telling a second ago, uh, in Catholic school, on our way to Chicago, the first place we stopped is some really shitty little mall in Indianapolis. And they're like, yeah, you guys can go look around. You know, it's a new mall. You've never been here before. And we're all like, wow, we're two hours away from our house in Indianapolis. Wow. <laughs> and I go into like their version. I, I want to say it was, it was FYE, I'm pretty sure. And I see that they are selling Austin Powers, which had just come out on VHS. Mm-hmm. And I bought it. And I put it into my bag. And as soon as I got in the bus, I turned to my teacher and I said, you can play this on the way up there. And he's just like, I don't think that's a good idea at all. And I was like, no, it's PG-13. We're all over 13, obviously. And he's just like, is there anything inappropriate in it? And again, in my head, I scan through the microfiche of the movie, and I'm just like, no, there is absolutely nothing inappropriate. And I truly felt like I was telling him the truth. And then the titty guns. And then the fembot showed up. (laughs) (laughs) And I still remember looking over to where he's sitting like five rows ahead of me and he just has this glare on his face and he goes you forgot this and i'm just like yeah so that was my big learning moment (laughs) and what came back to me when i was talking to julie and i and i had that brief moment where i was like i should have her sit down and watch this i was like no no This may be Austin Powers all over again. We're going to go ahead and just not do that. Yeah. Um, If if I may inject here. uh, I have a very quick similar story. It's it's so much worse. (laughs) We had in our high school what was an English media course. And you could take it. And it wasn't like a regular English class where you're reading Shakespeare, etc., etc., It's assessing, it's breaking down film, it's going into like radio broad, it's just preparing kids who want to go into some type of broadcasting, whatever it is. Our regular teacher had gotten sick and they brought in our, (laughs) they, they brought in our guidance counselor to teach class. And I had a meeting with him the day before. He's like, Hey John, you know, like, just. I got to teach your class tomorrow, but like, I really don't know what the syllabus is. Like what's, what's something we could like, what's something we could do. That's like media related. I shit you not. The Grinch smile slowly unfurled across my face. So I want to say that this would have been about 98, 99. 
Okay, so about the same time frame. And I said, hey, did you know that Howard Stern just had a movie come out detailing the oh, events of boy. his life? <laughs> He's like, oh, really? I was like, yeah, it's really good. I really think there'd be a lot of value in watching this. He's like, oh, it's great because I got to take a meeting. So, like, would you mind setting it up? Like, I'll bring everything in. You can set it up, press play, and I can just go to my meeting while this is on. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so, anyways, we had a bunch of 15 and 16-year-olds watching private parts in a formal education setting. And I'm not, I'm not going to go into details. If you haven't seen it, go ahead. If you have, you know exactly what the problem with this film was. And the response by more of the female population in my class was not great. <laughs> it was one of relative discomfort, agitation, anger. But the funniest part is that the guys got really quiet. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, that's mine. Um, I was not allowed to pick anything that we were allowed to watch or do ever again. And I'm sure somewhere in my high school file includes a note of what I did to the entirety of my English media class that day. I regret nothing. That shit is funny. Um, anyways, Desperado. So, yes, I just got done telling you, I had never actually seen this. I've always seen the gif of Antonio Banderas walking away from a giant explosion. Oh, yeah. So I have a cultural reference point for this film. Um, and we can do spoilers. This is old as shit. If you haven't seen this yet, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we said it last week. We're, 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 we're going to spoil these things. If you, you have seen it, if you're listening to this. If you had framed it as, have you ever wanted to see Quentin Tarantino get his head shot the fuck off? If the answer is yes, just watch this movie. <laughs> Johnny's like, why didn't anyone pitch this to me before? I'd have been sold on this film years ago. Someone told me that I could have just seen Tarantino die. I wouldn't have been upset. I would have been quite excited. Um. So anyways, this start to finish, I this was not what I expected, but at the same time, it was what I expected. Um, first time seeing it, there was a couple of moments where I had to like kind of rewind and go back just because I feel like I missed something. Um, but you told me the budget was how much again? Uh, I want to like say seven? I it was 15 million. I thought you said seven. No, seven. Yeah, seven. Seven million. Seven. My guy, if you could convert seven million into some of the action sequences of this film, I don't know what other studios are doing wrong right now. Because, like, this was... Yeah, this is This is what I would expect like an action film to be. And I mean, like I've always enjoyed Antonio Banderas. I like genuinely enjoyed. It was a little quirky, maybe borderline a little goofy at times for his character. But I was like, you know what? It's listen, you got Cheech Moran in here. I mean, it's <laughs> at that point, I kind of just suspect there's going to be some goofy shit going down because everyone's probably baked. would have helped but, if they were all high <laughs> that's, that's how we got empire strikes back greg <laughs> what you really don't know that what are you talking about dude everybody was on cocaine in that film oh when you say hi i assume you're talking about weed 
Oh, no. <laughs> Not just that. Uh, Cocaine-fueled Empire Strikes Back. There's a reason. Go ahead and watch it with that information. Cocaine-fueled the 1980s. <laughs> uh, it's fueling this podcast right now. Um, Yeah, I, I don't want to go on too much of a deep dive here because I want to be able to kind of go into what I enjoyed and what I did enjoy, what worked, etc. Um, I did enjoy this. This definitely felt like a mid-90s, like 95 through 97 kind of action flick where like... It just felt like nothing really mattered unless you were burning buildings to the ground for some reason and had a really nice wide angle walk away from an explosion. I mean, Michael Bay's made an entire career of this shit. So, I mean, I should not be shocked yeah. this happened. Um, yeah, yeah, but still, this, I mean, this came out in 95. This came out before the majority of that was, like, really a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason that the shot of him and Salma Hayek walking away from the explosion is iconic. Because it's one of the one of the shots that made that a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I was pleasantly surprised watching this. I mean, obviously I have my grievances, etc. But this was, I think this was a good way to start. Um, I did enjoy it. I mean, the cast of characters, Steve Buscemi in anything. I, I have a tough time not seeing him from Boardwalk Empire or from The Sopranos now. And then at the same time, I can't not see him from Grown Ups, which just ruins all that coolness that he once had. <laughs> uh, but this is this is great, man. He like everybody looks so young in this, though. Oh, dude, I mean, Selma Hayek the looks the I exact said. same. Selma Hayek, like just she's Paul Rudd. They haven't aged. The, but the, the minute that Steve Buscemi came on screen, I was just like, oh my god, he looks like a baby Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Yeah, and and he's, was... I mean, he's fantastic in this. And yeah. I'm not going to say that he doesn't play a similar character in other things, mm-hmm. but there's still a difference to the way he's playing his character in this to how he plays in most other movies. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a little more depth to it. Yeah, I just, it was... It was a really good cast of characters, man. And cast, like, just really well cast. And I'm still just... Uh, you would not be able to make this movie now. Like, for the budget that they had. I don't know what inflation would make it. Like, 18 million. Even if that probably wouldn't even be that. Maybe, like, let's say 15, 16. Like, there's just... There's no way you can make this film for that budget now. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's... uh, I didn't think about running it through an inflation calculator, but just for shits and giggles, let's go ahead and run it. Uh, If we were making a movie for $7 million in the year 1995, to right now, it would be $14.3 million. Okay, so I was a little over on my actual estimate, but not far off. I mean, listen, man, if you did that this day and age, that would be, like, critically acclaimed... I know I can hear Greg's eyes rolling. Like, I can hear Greg's eyes roll when I say shit like that. But give it the context of, like, how they actually constructed this film and the effects that you did get without having to use CG. I just, it's, I don't know. We can get it. Like I said, I'm going to shut up. I'm going too far. I want to hear what Richard's take. Give us info. I've, I've given you my take. I, I love this movie. I completely forgot how much I love this movie. I can't tell you the last time I sat down and watched it. 
Um, I'm 95% sure it was on DVD. I'm pretty sure that I had like a 10th anniversary edition DVD in a silver case. Um, and that is the last time that I watched this movie. And I, I mean, honestly, I, I forgot how much I loved it. Mm. Um, it is just, it's a fun movie. I, I, you know, I sat down and I took a, not a lot, but a few notes um, number one being, I completely forgot there was a gratuitous sex scene. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, it, and <laughs> goddamn, the opening works. Yeah, like they they did they they nailed it. Um, the Tarantino scene, you know, it's kind of funny because like he's not exactly the first director to act in things. Even Robert Rodriguez acts in things occasionally, usually Mm -hmm. for Tarantino. Um, But Tarantino dialed it up to 11. He was, he was slathering the scenery and barbecue sauce and just absolutely eating it. See, I must be weird because every time he opens his mouth, I want to silence him. (laughs) It's his voice. It's the pitch. I just oh, no, he uh, that's what I'm saying. He he was overreacting, uh, overacting like a motherfucker. I've never wanted to give someone a V trigger more in my life. <laughs> I, like I wasn't mad that he was there. I remembered the scene, but I did I just I did not remember how much he hammed it up that entire scene. Yeah. Still went the right direction. Uh, <laughs> uh two best lines in the movie. Uh, Antonio Bandera is walking away from the priest when he says, do you want a confession? He says, maybe later, Father, because where I'm going, I'm just going to have to come right back. Yeah. Uh, Second best line, uh, the villain of the movie, losing his mind, screaming, what is the fucking number to the phone in my car? (laughs) Oh, man. Um... No, in, in, in all seriousness, I, I did. I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. Uh, the, you know, it, it my, my what works for me is pretty much the whole thing from the cast, the direction, to how incredibly cheap they made it. Uh, the action scenes really work. That scene where he's in the bar and he is just murdering everybody and you see them blowing up bottles and you see them just doing all that crazy shit. And you tell me they made this whole movie for $7 million? The fight choreography and sequencing of the action shots is ridiculous. That, um, that moment where, he, uh, where he's sitting there and the guitar case starts opening. And they look down and the Duke's eyes get real big. And he's like, no, no, it's not me. Well, okay, it's me. Like, everything from then on in that scene is just bonkers. Yeah. Uh, Now it's time for Greg's favorite part of this episode. What didn't work? (laughs) Greg's going to wrap this up in a bow. (laughs) You guys should probably go first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, honestly, I, I actually, I don't have anything for what didn't work other than maybe 
Tarantino could have dialed back his acting by like seven to ten notches. All right, I got a question. The two guys that he brought in at the end, right? Who yes. Were, who were they? Uh, Pancho and something else, or Sancho, Sancho and something else. Steve Buscemi re- uh, referenced them. Well, I, I know he referenced them, but he brings them in. They have a fight. They get capped, and he takes the kid to the hospital. Bro. Yeah, they were dead. And he just he just keeps going like, oh, screw him. He literally, yeah, Richard, you called me. Hey, Greg, I need you to go do this. And I get shot. Okay, but you would be the Buscemi character, not Sancho and... I and know, but what I'm saying, it's, you called in two friends to come help you with shit. They get capped, and you're just like, oh, the kid's dying. Uh, yeah, but it didn't seem like, to me, that they were that type of friend. I know, but it's just I was just like, yo, bro, this, this movie's, you know, busted. Yeah, it seemed like they were like more they, like, you know, they were there these for kind like of crazy minutes to get killed, yeah. Like, yo, they could have left that whole scene out. It didn't need to be there. The whole scene, useless. But then the dude with the machine guns inside of his guitar bag wouldn't have been there. And the movie would have been just as bad, so what's the point? <laughs> if the movie's going to be bad to you either way, then the dude with the machine guns in his guitar bag should be there. Whether he gets blown up or not, I don't care. If it makes you feel any better, I'm pretty sure that the two dudes he calls in and the next one live. (laughs) Greg's breaking point. He's a terrible friend. (laughs) (laughs) He just calls in some NPCs so he doesn't get capped. That's what he did. Some distractions. Yo, guys get down there and help me with this. Yeah, but like away. this this shit happens all the time in movies. Like all the time. Maybe uh, not as gr- egregiously, but like this shit happens all the time. Uh, at least they introduce you to the the people before like hey, You ever watch you ever watch Star Trek? <laughs> You've seen Star Trek, right? <laughs> like every Have you episode. Seen <clears throat> no. I've watched Star Trek, I watched MacGruber. You see you saw Deadpool too? He literally killed an entire team of superheroes. But they build it up for 15 or 20 minutes to do that. Not just, hey. Yeah, but then he's just like, oh, well, and moves on. Mulched. This guy's supposed to be good. Same exact movie, but he's wearing a Deadpool mask the entire time. Does it work better? No. No, because then it would be L Deadpool. Uh, Desperado pool. <laughs> but here's the thing: the Desperado is trying to be a better person, and then he calls some dudes in to die, so he can. He's not trying him. to be a better person. Well, like he didn't kill his brother until the end. He didn't realize it was his brother. <laughs> he did. Why do you? Yeah, not until he. Room? Not until he had a sight on him. Right, and then he's like, "Oh, I don't want to kill him," and then he tries to kill his girl that he just met two days ago. And then it's all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I gotta kill my brother," <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, kinda. It's I don't know. You're you're so. Uh... That that's valid points, Richard. 
Well, no. I mean, like, he has his moment where he's like, oh, no, it's my brother. Can I kill him? And then he's like, you know what I can do? I can go ahead and lead an assault on his compound. So, no, he's not trying to be a better person. It wasn't he's realized a, that his thirst for revenge. Assault. He walked in. He didn't walk in with a Okay, gun but he also murdered the entire town's worth of bad people first. Eh, they were dying either way. Now, he's, but anyway, he's not trying to be a better person. He's trying to exact his revenge still. He called in his two friends to help exact his revenge. He, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Desperado is a good person. He's not. He's revenge-fueled. That's all that's on his mind. His, his moment of being a good person is gone the second Buscemi dies. Buscemi was trying to drag him back from the brink, and he almost did, and then Buscemi died, and he w- he went over the edge. If he wasn't trying to be a better person, why didn't he just hit him in the sights? Because he had a moment of being like, holy shit, oh, god damn it, it's my goddamn brother, and then he was gone. Then he walks there and threatens his girl, and he gets popped. Got it. The whole that's the whole movie. Congrats. Make a phone so call. Johnny, anything yeah, anything not work for you, buddy? <laughs> um, your thing was that you wish that Banderas had been able to dial it back. I wish some of the villains could have been like brought up to his level instead. I think this would have just made it like a little more entertaining. You needed like you needed the crazy on the other side of the coin, and there wasn't that crazy. Like even the scene where his brother like blows smoke in the woman's face and she like chokes and gags, and I'm like, come on. Okay, hold on. I didn't say Banderas needed to dial it back. He was the right level. I said Tarantino uh, needed to dial it back. Oh no, Tarantino just needed to dial it dead quicker. Um, um I just I wish that there would have been like a little more energy from because it felt like. It just felt, oh, God, what's the name of the character? Oh, Jesus Christ, now I can't even think. Will Who's Ferrell, that? Chris Kattan, oh. what's their what's their bit from SNL? Oh, Night at the Roxbury? Who's the guy that they keep trying to hang out with? Jim Carrey? No. The guy had, like, eyebrow. No, Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> guy had eyebrow. Oh, fuck. Who is it that they keep trying to hang out with when they go out clubbing? I have no idea. Oh my god. Okay, well, I don't have this up and available for me right now. But it just felt like that really cheesy kind of like 90s villain stuff where, again... Oh, no. a 100%. And honestly, I should have probably thought a little more about my what didn't work. But the villain borderline didn't work. He he was as 90s villain as you can possibly get in one of these. Yeah. Um, he was, he was cheesy as shit. Uh, I did, uh, there are sections of his stuff that I did like, but I think that if you had the ability to, you know, maybe... Richard Grieco. I couldn't think of the guy's name. Richard Grieco. Oh, from um, 21 Jump Street. Yeah. It just, it, that's like his henchmen, the top level guys, all just remind me of Richard Grieco and that's it. And I was like, it was just that really cheesy looking villain. Like it, it looks like they just smell like aftershave 
or way too much cologne every time. It's just, it's, I, I don't know. That was, that was where I felt like they lost a hand a little bit, but again, some of the deaths were over the top. What did work for me was following the bedroom scene where Banderas is tracing the guys on either side of the windows <laughs> and as they like converge, he just straight missile drop kicks Salma Hayek out of the bed. <laughs> oh shit. Oh man. That was, I don't know. That shit cracked me up. That was, there was just. No, uh, legitimately there was, there was some laugh out loud moments in this movie for me. Yeah, definitely. And that's kind of where I was at with it. Like I could realize that there was, there was a good amount of like humor mixed into this. Um, Again, the effects, the, the, the way that they, just the, the gunfights, the effects, the, the explode, dude, the special effects in this film are reason enough to watch it. And then, I mean, there's, there's zero, zero questioning the chemistry between Hayek and Banderas in this film. Yeah. But again, his brother just not cast well. It was like a lesser version and not quite as cool as Hans Gruber. I think they went out of their way to cast someone who looked nothing like Antonio Banderas. So the whole brother thing would be, you know, out of left field and a shock. Right. Um, I just wish they had spent, I don't know, 35 or 40 more seconds in the casting process to get someone who didn't seem like a dime store ripoff of every other nineties villain. Right. Um, but also one of the other things that I was actually really happy about this, this, was this the first film that Danny Trejo did for Robert? Was this the first film that he had? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Cause he's, God damn, this steals all my good ideas. Um, awesome to see him in this. This was like a squash match though. That was really disappointing. It was like big badass dude shows up and he's gone. That's it. That's all we get. <laughs> On, by accident, too. If it makes you feel any better, he's also in the sequel. Uh, I fig- I figured as much, because if I'm not mistaken, he's been in almost everything for him, hasn't he? He has been in a... Oh, my God. I was trying to check, and I clicked on freaking Danny Trejo's acting credits. Okay, real quick, over under. Uh, how many acting credits do you think Danny Trejo has over 300 or under 300 Greg I'm gonna say way over over 400 or under 400 over I thought thought I heard it was like 515 or 530 go ahead Johnny answer over over four 456. <laughs> I mean, I'm. Is there a guy that you would want to not see more than Danny Trio? I mean, like. Because if you think, think about all the bit spots that he's got, I can't even think of it now. What's the Star Wars. Oh, like, the unofficial Star Wars film with, like, Dan Fogel and. Oh, you're talking about uh, fanboys. Yeah. Like, even that, man. That's just like, boom, credit, boom, credit, boom, credit. Like, he just, you can bring that guy in for five minutes, and your film's instantly better. Yeah. 
I just I didn't, had no idea he had that many credits. Uh, he was in from dusk till dawn. After this, so yeah, it, Desperado was his first movie in the Robert Rodriguez uh, family of movies. Nice. Okay. Um, now it, to give slightly more background on this movie before we kind of wrap this up because we are about there. Um, Robert Rodriguez has gone on record as saying that uh, El Mariachi, aka the movie no one's seen, uh, is the true story of what happened. Mm-hmm. And then Desperado is the story of what happened, aka the people tell each other. And then um, What's My Time in Mexico is the legend of what happened. Okay. So basically, he's admitted that he's just made the same movie three times and uh, got a bunch of his friends together to do so, and people have paid him millions of dollars for That's, it. Listen, man, he's but just got the system figured out at this point. That might also explain why when he we see the two characters on screen who we've never seen before and only have heard reference to and they die antonio banderas just walks away and is like yeah whatever because it's the story of what's happening afterwards yeah uh anyway so just before we do wrap this up um well we've got two categories still okay you go off do you have to watch anything before you watch this? I did, did, didn't you just tell me El Mariachi? Yeah, I, I've never watched El Mariachi. You've never watched El Mariachi. Did you feel like your uh, experience was lacking? No, but now I feel like I have to. Maybe that would help me with this movie. <laughs> Greg, I think the cure for helping you with this film is your backdrop at this point. <laughs> Greg, Greg needs about a half O of just really high grade mushrooms, and this would be perfect for him. Yep. So okay. Anyway, no, I don't think we uh, watch anything to be disappointed yeah. in this movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Greg, Greg, Greg's gonna watch El Mariachi tonight and text tomorrow. That was a lot better movie. <laughs> possible that means a low floor so uh and is this required viewing we know greg's answer is yes i just think for myself with how much robert rodriguez has done in hollywood i think this is a good like entry point if like if he's someone that you want to look at his collective body of work i think this is where you have to start I would probably agree with that. Um, it's, I mean, like we said, it's not his first movie. It's not the first thing that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not a big part of his filmography. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I could, I could go there. Really quickly, shot out of a cannon. Give me your, if not this one. I mean, easy for Greg. Favorite Robert Rodriguez film or property that he has actually worked on in the past? Uh, for me, it is probably this one. Okay. Um, I'm going to bet that Greg can't name more, very many other Robert Rodriguez movies. Bro, you listed like four as a start, and the only one I can remember is Star, uh, 
Spy Kids. Spy, Spy Kids. kids. <laughs> the only one I can remember is the one I don't remember the title for. <laughs> uh, oh, he did. Uh, he did Alita Battle Angel. Um, kind of cool. I like that one. Hold he on. He did Sin City. Yeah. Grindhouse, Planet uh, Terror, Death Proof. Machete and Machete Kills. Um. Yeah. He's he's done he's done a lot of stuff. Even if you don't necessarily remember them. Yeah. And like I said, from dusk till dawn. Um, I was a huge fan of Lucha Underground, so I'm going to have to go with that, even though it's like super obscure and he really wasn't like hyper involved. But Canadian connection with that is El Vampiro also being part of Lucha Underground with Matt Stryker on commentary. So, yeah. Um, but if we're going films, honestly, Machete, man. Like, I just... Dandy Trio is just, like, one of the most entertaining human beings on the planet to me. Because, like, his comedic timing is almost perfect when he needs to. And Machete was just, like, one of those great, like, grindhouse films from the, like, 19s. It's He's done a great job with a lot of the stuff that he's done. And Sin City was really well done as well. I'm not going to knock yeah. him for Predators because, I mean, Martin Scorsese couldn't have saved that script. I, I, I kind of liked Predators. Oof. <laughs> Hold on, no, that wasn't like... that wasn't a Greg one. Hang on. Oof. <laughs> it's not my favorite thing I've ever seen, mm-hmm. but I did kind of enjoy it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, what else did we have? I don't... That's we covered it, right? We got it. Yeah. Bases. I think we're good. Covered. Oh, that felt good. Um, uh, Gregory, you said you were going to pick a movie for us to watch. Oh, uh, you said it was the third one. Yeah, but now I'm afraid that you don't like Taken and you secretly just haven't told me. No, I like Taken. Okay. We'll watch Taken. Well, next week. We'll have, I'll have one. Next week we're watching the original Taken for our second movie in our reluctant action hero limited run. <laughs> Sorry, the first movie that popped in my head was the B movie. Oh, <laughs> a bug's life, or what it was? What is that called? No, it's called B movie. B movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Sorry, that's my brain was just like Greg's. Like thought. my reluctant action hero is Jerry Seinfeld. That's a CGB. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and then you watch it, and you're like, "There's no action scenes in this." The movie. most, the most entertaining part for Greg in this whole thing is knowing that I have to sit there for an hour and change and actually watch this. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I was, it was just what? Why do I feel like this all of a sudden turns into a revenge podcast where we're each just picking movies specifically to screw someone else over? <laughs> so on my turn, we're going to get into the Thomas Jane Punisher. Fantastic. <laughs> Oh, no. No, no, no. All right. Well, next week, Taken. Have a good week, everybody.